Welcome to another episode of Sunday Golds, a Florida State baseball podcast. Uh, this is Brett Nevitt, actually recording from St. Augustine Parking Garage before I go into day two of classes. Um, we're going to put out uh, this Bryce Hubbard interview on this episode, but just wanted to um, just go over a couple other notes really quick before getting to that. Um, Florida State today got ranked number 16 by perfect game. Uh, that's the first real big ranking system that that's put theirs out so far. Expect Florida State to be in that range, uh, maybe 12 to 20 in about everybody's rankings this year. Um, pitching staff better, lots of new bats, don't know exactly what to expect. The national guys don't. So I'd expect Florida State in that range in about every ranking. Um, but uh, that's the first one I've seen so far come out. Perfect Game also put out their All-Americans yesterday. Um, Parker Messick was a first-team preseason All-American and also their preseason pitcher of the year. Um, not surprising with how good Parker is and the competitiveness he's shown, and and I'm sure that we'll get the same thing sort of out of him this year as we did last year, if not better. Uh, Bryce Hubbard was also named a third-team All-American by, the, uh, by Perfect Game. Um, so that's a pretty good one-two punch you have in your pitching staff, obviously, and they're getting some recognition in the preseason. Um, yesterday on the first day of classes, Florida State also updated their their roster for the spring. Um, Florida State's sitting at 39 players now. They have one open spot. Um, there could be movement, nothing I'm expecting. Um, last day of drop ad for students is Monday, so uh, that would probably be the last day to add someone. Um, outside of Florida State, but I'm not saying I expect anything like that. It's just that is a possibility, and 40 is the number this year. I believe it's going back to 35 next year. Um, so they're right in the range they want to be right now. Um, Brock Mathis was officially added to the roster. He's going to wear number eight. Um, he's list, he's on there as the catcher, and he'll be in that mix as we as talked about in the last last episode. And then one other. Um, news out of the roster update is Jackson Green. He um, he was not around in fall, not on the roster, was not at practices. Uh, I guess he was still at school, but just not playing baseball. He's back on Florida State's roster wearing number 27 again, likely coming in for depth um, in case, you know, Tyler Martin can't play second base defensively or... Or, or they need to give the freshman some time. I think, you know, a big deal with that is having Jackson as a late-game sub defensively. Um, and Jackson also started to hit better last year at the end of the year. So I think they want to give him another chance and see what he can do since they had roster spots open. Um, and I think the staff really likes Jackson. And by the amount, amount of games he's played the last two years, I think that tells you how much they think of him um, as a defensive player. And obviously the numbers showed that last year. Um, but that's it for all little news coming up for Florida State baseball practice to start here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but for now, we're going to start our countdown series. Uh, we're going to do a couple in player, a few player, handful of player interviews uh, on the day of their number um, on the countdown. So today's 43 days till Florida State baseball. Um, today's Thursday. Uh, tomorrow will be another, I'll put out another article for the weekly countdown. Um, for six weeks. If you haven't seen those weekly countdown articles, you can see find them on Tomahawk Nation. Uh, but for now, we'll start this on here and roll with number 43, Bryce Hubbard. Um, I'm talking one-on-one with him for about 20 minutes, so make sure to keep listening and hear what he has to say. All 
All right, now we have Bryce Hubbard on here, Florida State Saturday starter last year. Um, just welcome to Sunday Gold's Pod for the first time, Bryce. Just how excited are you to be back on campus and to start getting back into the flow of baseball soon? I'm stoked. I feel like the uh, the, the the winter was definitely a little bit tedious. Like it, it was good to be back home, but it was tedious. You know, I'm, I'm back. To, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be back in Tallahassee. As I mentioned, 8 a.m. is looking forward to them. So I'm I'm just grateful. What is what does a Christmas break look like for you when it comes to baseball? I know you you threw all last spring, all summer, and in the fall. Is is that time for you to give your arm a bit of a rest coming into spring? Um, yes and no. I think because I took an earlier break. Um, you know, I, I think the first day of our throwing was December second, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I mean, a lot of it is kind of building it back up. So a lot of it's just light throwing, um, obviously training, and then you know, as we kind of get toward. I'd say right, right around Christmas time, that's kind of when stuff starts to ramp up a little bit. You're throwing, you know, um, throwing 20 pitch all fastball bullpens and then kind of moving into, you know, light curveball, light slider work, you know, change ups, you know. So like you kind of it's kind of gradual. Um, they do a good job of building us up. But in terms of throwing, that's what it looks like. You know, it's mm -hmm. just I try to take the time and just be as relaxed as possible. Uh, I feel like, you know, being back home, it's probably the best thing you can do is just relax yourself, enjoy the time there. You know, in the fall, you guys brought in a ton of new guys and, you know, it's a roster that's basically 50, 50 of returners and new guys. Just, just how was the fall and, and how did you feel like you guys kind of gelled as a team together? Fall was good. Um, you know, the, the three years I've been here, this definitely felt like the quickest fall. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. I'll say it's a good thing. Um, I mean, COVID fall was obviously, it was just not, um, you know, like last fall was just very new to us. We really didn't know what it was going to look like. Half of us were getting kicked out of practice because of, um, you know, we couldn't have too many guys in the locker room or whatever. So they were sending us home early after we did our work. Uh, and the year before, obviously, it was first fall. So it kind of felt a little bit longer. Um, but it, this fall felt really good. I mean, the new guys, you know, like just to mention a few, you know, Alex Terrell, Brett Roberts, you know, th those guys have definitely kind of meshed in well. I think Alex Terrell has kind of brought in the chemistry of all the new guys. and. Uh, mix it with the older guys. I mean, most of the older guys are pitchers anyway. Um, but, you know, when you get a big personality like Alex, it's it's very um, – it's charismatic. You know, he does a real good job of just being the energy of the clubhouse, even though, he, you know, even though if, if he played at Miami for four years. So you know, now, now that you and, and Parker are, are juniors and have, have been here for a little while and, you know, have seen some success in your personal careers, do you feel like both of you guys are taking on a, a little bit bigger of roles as, as leaders like Alex, you said? Yeah, um, you know, I feel like Parker and I both are, uh, I mean, we obviously, you know, lead by example. We lead, we le we lead by the way that we go about things. Um, I think that you can be a leader without necessarily being the most outspoken person. Um, so, like, personally for myself, like, I'm not necessarily the most outspoken person when it comes to leadership. Uh, I, I mean, I think there's just, there's just different leadership types. And, like, Parker is someone who is outspoken. He is, you know, the guy that's hyping people up. Um, you know, he's the guy that's typing first to wish, wish someone happy birthday in the chat, you know, just cause he's just that kind of guy. Um, but I feel like we're, we're at Parker, you know, Parker does lead by example. Parker is very outspoken. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily as outspoken. Um, I talk a lot, but in terms of leadership wise, I'm not necessarily outspoken. So there's a little bit, I feel like there's a little bit of difference in our leadership types, but yeah, I'd say so. Going back to summer, you got to play in the Cape and obviously did very well and played for a Brewster team that ended up winning the title, I guess. 
just first off, just not even including the field, just what was that experience like getting to go up there for the summer and, and get to be around a bunch of other guys from college baseball? Yeah, I mean, it, it was good to kind of be around the the culture of baseball up there. I feel like, you know, all those guys were so you don't get to be as good as all of the guys there um, without loving the game. Um, so that love for game, the love for the game, the, you know, knowledge of the game, you know, kind of the analytical side or the, you know, just wanting to know more about either the community or, you know, just being a teammate. I mean, all of those things kind of mesh well. And I feel like, you know, again, I'll take that away. That's probably why um, the team that I was on won the championship. It was the most noticeable with those guys, you know, mm -hmm. they, they were tight. All of them, they all hung out after the games and stuff. They were very, very tight. Um, and, not, and not to mention the Brewster community. I mean, they were just incredible. You know, the, everybody knew each other. Everyone was just passionate about, you know, the Whitecaps. So it was, I think all the factors kind of played into why um, we won the championship up there. You had a really successful summer too. You won, got the award for best pitcher up there. Just what did that summer of, of success and, and being able to do what you did against some of the best players in the country, what did it do for you, I guess, mentally and just, it's just for your confidence coming into this year? Um, I would say that, I mean, obviously there's something like that happening, um, you know, where you have a, a good season. I feel like, you know, having a good season already, you know, has an element of confidence to it. Um, but, you know, it kind of gives you that feeling like, oh, like I can do this, you know, whereas like maybe if someone or some, you know, people at Florida State saw me my freshman year, they were like, oh, he can't do this. You know, and then you see me in the Cape and it's like, oh, I, you know, I might actually be able to do this. You know, I have a, you know, I have a, a good season up there, Lord willing, you know, I mean, all I did was play baseball. I didn't really try to do anything extra or worse or, you know, more or less. Um, but I mean, all I did was play baseball and I think things kind of just, you know, fell into place, worked out. And it, I mean, yeah, I'd say it brings, it brings a little bit of confidence, but not enough to say, all right, well, I'm going to go out, you know, be stupid this season. You know, I feel like it's just, Hey man, you had a good season. Let's, let's have another one, you know? You brought up your freshman year a little bit and, you know, you got off to a slow start as a freshman to just, what was your, what do you feel was your biggest growth from your freshman year to your sophomore year and what you were able to do last year? Um, I would definitely say, you know, the, the relationship that, you know, I've made with meat and belly, I feel like, you know, they, they've kind of, they sat me down or not necessarily sat me down, but, you know, talked to me over the phone and stuff about, you know, limiting damage, learning how to do things in baseball that are other than, you know, that are other, other than physical abilities, you know, other than, you know, finding a way to increase velocity or pitches, but like mentally, um, I feel like that definitely helped me last year. You know, I went through a tough stretch of, I think it was Wake Forest, uh, North Carolina, Louisville, where like, you know, I would start off all right. And then it would just be four runs, three runs, you know, was, I couldn't figure out a way to just give up one run. Um, and then I figured out a way to give up one run in the first inning the rest of the season. But, you know, like, like it was, I feel like having that talk or just kind of getting that mental, like my job is to limit damage. My job is to help my team, you know, win by like my team scores the most runs, but my time, my, my job on the team is to, you know, not let them score runs, not necessarily pitch lights out, you know, just not let them score runs. And I feel like that kind of, you know, helped me uh, mature as a pitcher, you know, kind of helped me get my own ideas as a pitcher and kind of grow into my own. You brought up Coach Bellinger a little bit. 
Um, you know, last year he mentioned a couple of times that you guys just like made a move to the different side of the rubber and just the little things that helped you, um, you know, get to where you were last year. Just what has it been like working with, with coach Bailey on, on a day-to-day basis? It's been good. I, I really, I really think that he's, he's close to the best pitching coach I've ever had. Not that I've had too many pitching coaches, but like when I think of good pitching coaches, I would think of someone like him and anyone asked me, I, you know, I say the same thing. He's, he's great at what he does. I mean, there's a reason you see so much success in all of his players. Um, you know, I definitely think that it's a really, really, really good thing. Like he noted, like as a player, he notices like the most subtle and annoying things that, you know, it makes you really like, it makes you tick because you're just like, oh man, I, I really have to focus on that. You know, he notices the most annoying things, but those most annoying things that he kind of gets onto you about, they make you better. Um, so I really appreciate that. And uh, you know, he, he kind of always preaches and tells us that, like, we need to, you know, he's not going to change what we do. Um, he just wants to help us succeed the most often as possible. Basically, you know, ideal self kind of thing. Um, so he lets us do our own thing. He just kind of wants to, you know, maybe add and subtract a few things here and there just so we can have more success more often. And I think that's a really, really good quality about him. If part of doing your own thing, I think, you know, you added this the slider this summer to your arsenal. Um, just guess, first of all, just how has that come along for you over the summer and fall is getting to use it in some game action? Yeah. You know, I kind of, it was weird because I talked with me and they were just kind of like, well, you know, we, it'd be really, really cool if you could learn a fourth pitch. I'm like, all right. Um, I was like, what about a slider? He's like, just don't let it mess up your curveball. So I was like, all right, you know, curveballs, you know, obviously they're different. So I don't really want to mess mm-hmm. them up. I get up there. I talk to the pitching coach. And he's like, all right, well, we can teach you a slider. And, you know, I was just kind of messing around with the bullpen. It was like, all right. You know, it wasn't, you know, visually it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, and then threw it in the game. It was like, whatever. And then, like, the next week it just was kept getting better and better as I practiced, as I worked on it, as I worked with the coaches, as I got feedback from teammates up there. You know, and then bringing it back to Florida State, uh, you know, Belly kind of made emphasis like we're going to use this. Like we want to, we want to make it better and better and better and better. It has a lot of potential. We want to make it better. So I'm like, okay, we use it a ton. And you know, I mean, it kind of exceeded my own expectations of what it was going to be. Um, and I, I'm not satisfied with it. I want it to be better because it can be better. But it's already become a very, very, very good pitch in my arsenal. I will use it next year mm-hmm. if that makes, or this season if that makes, you know. <laughs> Just with the slider, how much does it also just open up the rest of your arsenal and, and different ways you can can use your curveball? Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of times it for for whatever reason, you know, I would last year I would just throw a curveball whenever I didn't want to throw a fastball. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it kind of gives me another option. It gives me another, you know, if I throw a high fastball, I can throw a curveball. Well, if I throw a low fastball and get away with it. And you're looking at a slider and they look exactly the same. Um, so, it, I mean, it kind of changes the way that I could pitch. Um, you know, I, I could even pitch more aggressively. It's another pitch that moves a different way. So it makes things even more hard, even harder for the hitter. Um, you know, there, there's an endless, endless number of options that it just gives me. It's just, you know, having a fourth pitch and, you know, a fourth legitimate swing and miss pitch. Um, it, it just makes it much harder on hitters, I, I, I really think. You brought up the, the the high fastball a little bit. Just how important is that upper third of the zone for you and, and how you util, utilize your fastball up there for swing and misses? Yeah, I think 
I mean, something that doesn't really lie is analytics and metrics and not that I use it to, you know, d- decide, you know, who I am as a pitcher, but I mean, metrics say you should probably pitch a little bit up in the zone because you get a, you know, a lot more swing and misses. You get a lot of weaker contact up there. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, I, I'm not going to claim any pitch is better than any other pitch, um, but I will say, you know, fastball, it's my most important pitch. I throw it like 75% of the time. So, you know, having that, you know, plus fastball that I can just use and be able to play off curveball, change up slider. I mean, I really, I really do think that it is my most important pitch. It, you know, really having a fastball up in the zone with the curveball that I have and just having a, you know, a fastball with a slider, I feel like makes your game so dynamic. It makes it, you know, it makes it so hard for hitters to do thing, to do something that are, is already very hard. I know we talked in the summer a little bit about metrics and using them. And I know it's not the only thing that's important to you when you're pitching, but, but when did that, when was that something that you started to use and, and I guess how much better has, has those made, has have the knowledge of those metrics made you? Yeah. I mean, I would say that I've always had an interest in it. I just really haven't had, you know, crazy access to it. Um, nor, nor did I need access to it my freshman year when I was, you know, I didn't need to be focusing on that. Um, whereas, you know, going up to the Cape and seeing, oh, this is what these numbers mean. And this typically these numbers mean good pitches. So it's like, why don't I try to make my pitches into those numbers? Um, so I feel like it kind of helped guide, had to help, you know, especially with the slider kind of helped a, had a guiding hand, um, from pitch development, pitch crafting. Um, you could really see not necessarily, not necessarily in real time, but from outing to outing, you know, how a pitch was doing that day or, you know, as a pitcher, you, I mean, I knew, you know, what was I doing differently with the slider? So, you know, I feel like it's really helped like the physical side of the game where, or even how I pitched a hitter specifically. I think that that has definitely helped because certain hitters struggle with certain things uh, and analytics really reveals that. It's only going to be you and Parker's second full seasons here, but you guys are kind of the veterans of the weekend staff now. Um, just how much do you guys help each other, especially from start to start? And how much do you guys bounce off each other and learn from each other as a pair? Yeah, I mean, we were we were roommates on the road. So we'd have a lot of, you know, after he pitched, obviously Parker was kind of like the guinea pig. He's a good guinea pig, but he's kind of a guinea pig. And he would just be, oh, this guy, this guy, he'd kind of go really go down the line and just be like, oh, well, or I'd throw out a name and he would just be, oh, that guy couldn't hit this, you know, and again, Parker and I are different pitchers, you know, different stuff. So, you know, it kind of equates, but like, if the guy can't hit an inside fastball, he probably won't be able to hit an inside fastball the next night. Um, so, you know, that kind of helped. And I feel like there's just this kind of competitive pull. Um, I never want to see him fail, but I, I want to be better than him. And I guarantee you, he'll say the same thing to me. Um, so I think that that really kind of helps us push each other in a really, really good way. I mean, I love the dude and I, I just want to, I, w- I never want to see him fail. I always want to see his success but we always are going to go back and forth on who wants to be better than each other. And I think that's a, you know, and not the comparison to Kumar and lighter, but I guarantee you pitch like, again, that they're, they were ridiculous, but I guarantee you those guys probably had some competitive nature between, them. you know, lighter almost 100% probably wanted to pitch better than Kumar. Um, you know, just, just cause we're competitive. We wouldn't be where we're at if we weren't that competitive. I guess, you know, that competitiveness, I mean, not just with just you two, but this entire staff. I mean, 
you guys have lefties and righties throwing 90 plus all over the place and a lot of different guys that could be in the weekend. How much does it push everybody in that staff just to be better and better to get opportunities? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's also important to note, like if me and Parker don't come out and produce or if we don't produce before even the season starts, if we don't produce in inner squads, like I don't, you know, you think we're going to be starting, you know, you never know. I think that, you know, it's, it's Meat's job and it's Belly's job to put the best team they have on the field. And when your pitching staff is as good as they are, you know, you're, I mean, you have Wyatt Kroll, you have Ross Dunn, you have Carson Montgomery, you have Jackson Nezu, you have Jackson Ballmeister, you have, you know, I mean, those are just arms. Like those are, those are legitimate Friday night guys on any other staff in the country. And, you know, not to mention you brought back two weekend starters from the original rotation the year before, you know, to, to say the depth that we have is insane. And, you know, I feel like no one's going to say it, but there's just a lot of not, not tension, but there's just a lot of competitive competitiveness. And it's a really, it's a really, really, really good thing because it just builds you up and makes you better and better. When you combine that competitiveness and just all the different arms, angles and velos and everything you guys throw at hitters, do you feel like there's any better pitching staff in the country coming into this season? You know, I, It'd be ignorant for me to say that there there isn't because, you know, you have, I mean, you have other plenty of other teams in the country that I haven't really done any research. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen, I wouldn't really pick another staff. Um, right. You know, I, I've played with good pitchers and I've played with, you know, I've played with guys in the Cape that, you know, all these pitching staffs and, but like, I don't know. I feel like there, there's just something special about the pitching staff that we, even the last, the last three pitching staffs we had all the way back from CJ um, to last year's staff to this year's staff. I feel like, you know, there, there is just a special pitching staff here at Florida state. You, know, you mentioned the last couple of years, I guess through two seasons at Florida state, what's been a favorite moment for you? Do you have a moment that you just look back on and you think, you know, that's been my best moment so far, a favorite moment? Um. I would probably I would say Ole Miss and not not for any specific reason. Um, I mean, I'll say for a specific reason, like obviously you're playing in front of all these fans. You know, I got people from home watching me like they, you know, they text me like, oh, you're on the TV at Ale House. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I'd never even think about that. Um, but like you have, you know, that that environment, you're playing with your teammates. You know, Isaiah Perry hitting a bomb off Doug Nikhazy like you're you're. And like me and Nikhazy, we're, we lived in the same, we live in the same neighborhood in Florida, mm -hmm. in Orlando. So like, you know, hearing about him as I'm growing up, I'm 10, he played 12 U. I'm like sitting here like, oh my gosh, this is Doug Nikhazy. I played in the high school with him. You know, I always wanted to be him. And then I'm pitching against him at Ole Miss. And I feel like that kind of, it brought to light, like, man, I'm so, like, my life is so blessed. Like I'm, you know, this position that I've been put in, this position that I've been you know, given from God is just, I'm so grateful for it. You know, I can't believe that that was something that even happened. You know, some of your, your biggest outings and your best outings so far have come in big moments against some of the best competition you guys have played. Do you just relish, relish those moments and, and get into, do you feel like you play, you throw your best when you get to, into those big moments? I mean, I don't want to necessarily say that I relish those moments just because like I feel like you know 
those things feel good for about two seconds. And then, you know, they're just memories after that. Um, so, you know, I, I'd like to think of them as good memories and, and learning moments, but, you know, I, I feel like whether it's a big moment or whether it's a small moment, there shouldn't be really a difference in the way that I throw, you know, I, I mean, not to like put Troy lower on the spectrum, but like, you know, I threw, you know, it was like a, one of our weekend games, you know, they're not power five, you know, and it was probably, you know, my best outing all year, you know, and, and it's against the school that's not necessarily power five. And then, you know, I have other out, other big outings like Ole Miss or, you know, Georgia Tech, where they are power five schools and their conference or their regional and they're really important. Um, so would I say that, you know, maybe at the big moment, not necessarily, but I would definitely say that, you know, those big moments have become good memories. Mm. Just how much are you looking forward to hopefully getting a chance to play in a full Dick Hauser this year and with big environments like we got to experience last year in Ole Miss and, and getting to also face this schedule that, that the guys uh, that meets put together so far. Yeah. I mean, to start, I think, I think meat knows the caliber of his team. And I think he knew the caliber of the team whenever, you know, whenever, right before he got us on campus and he was already making a schedule, um, you know, so I think, you know, Cal and TCU, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a legit, you know, I'm so excited. I, you know, I know guys on both teams. I'm, I'm stoked. And, you know, like, I don't think meet whatever. I think he knows it, you know, even, you know, whether the result of those games, they're going to make us better as people, they're going to make us better as players. So, you know, I, I think meet definitely made the right decision with a very challenging schedule, um, you know, and playing in front of a full Dick Hauser, you know, I hadn't experienced that all year last year when I was, you know, while I was playing and, you know, the year before it was awesome to see like Texas tech. You remember that? like that yeah. was just ridiculous. It was awesome. You know, so, you know, to say that I'm excited is, is, is just playing it down. I'm stoked. Like, I, and I guarantee you, like, there, there might be people in the locker room that are more excited than me. Parker might be one of them. So, you know, I think, I think we're ready. I'm sure we'll get a few celebrations from Parker this year, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you've been here for three years now. I know the first year you didn't get to have a full season, but um, you know, you mentioned we've been talked about the pitching staff. You mentioned a couple of the guys coming in as bats. Do you, just, do you feel like this is the strongest team you guys have had since you've been here? Um, you know, that's a tough question to answer. I don't, you know, I haven't really seen this in, in full season shape. Um, you know, from fall perspective, I mean, we hit, we really, really hit. And, you know, I think Brett Roberts is a huge addition. That dude can, that dude hashes. And, um, you know, like Terrell is whether, you know, he's playing first, whether he's DHing, whether, you know, he's just energy in the locker room. I feel like that is just a huge, um, a huge grab for us. Um, you know, to go as far as to say it's our best team, I don't know. We haven't played a season yet. Um, we haven't even played one game in season yet. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I have no idea. Um, but I, I, I'm just saying, I think there's something special about this team, you know? What do you think would will be a key for this team or the key to get to make a run to Omaha this year? What have you guys, I guess, talked about as being um, the most important way to get there? Um, you know, I feel like it all comes down to I feel like the hitters are going to do what they do. I feel like, you know, you're going to have ups and downs through a season just as a pitching staff might. So I feel like they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, so I, I have faith in our hitters. I feel like as a pitching staff, we would just need to not give free stuff away, and myself included. 
you know, don't give walks, don't give, you know, you know, self and, induced errors like me throwing balls down the first baseline and not you know like that kind of thing I feel like don't make errors don't hit people don't walk people I, I feel like you know as as a pitching staff that will make us so much better and you know I mean you you've seen it you know the guys that we have the stuff that we have the players that we have the type of people we have I, I think that you know we have a young pitching staff um other than like Jonah and Davis I think that you know I think that those two guys are going to make a difference in teaching the younger guys. But I would definitely say that, you know, free stuff. I feel like other than giving free things away to the other team, like it, it's, it's a really, really special pitching staff and it's a really special team.